So taking the first few minutes just to settle in. And if you find it helpful, you may want to just uh, just check in in a general way with your body. Notice what, you know, there may or may not be anything calling for your attention or just a general sense of, of just sitting here, of your body sitting or lying down. And checking in with the states of your mind and your heart. So your whole experience. And checking in with how are you relating or how are you being with whatever is happening. And if you notice any tension or tightness or any place that's not relaxed and at ease, see if there might be something you could do to help you uh, help you settle a little more, help you relax a little more, and you just do your best. If you have to shift your body a little or shift your mind. So today we're going to move into the liquids. You know, uh, our bodies are mostly water. So um, it's a rich area for exploration and discovery. And uh, we've been doing five body parts each session. Uh, now we're going to do six. So we'll spend maybe a minute or two less on each one just to have enough time to get through them, through the list. And so we'll begin, as we have been, by repeating the list. You can use your sheet if you want or just follow along um, as I say them. I will repeat uh, five times out loud. <clears throat> and this starts on your list with uh, bile. Bile, phlegm, pus, blood, sweat, fat. Bile, phlegm, pus, blood, sweat, fat. Bile, phlegm, pus, blood, sweat, fat.
bile, phlegm, pus, blood, sweat, fat. Bile, phlegm, pus, blood, sweat, fat. And now silently five times. Here's some of these um, in the list. Some of them will be uh, naturally easier to to really connect with and feel into. And some of these uh, may be hard. Like, well, how do you connect safe with bile? So when you hear these, um, you may want to, you know, you do your best, put your attention in that area of the body, you know, see what might be there. But it may be more... Um, noticing just what's evoked as you engage in the process. And perhaps that's uh, what's to be uh, explored if we don't actually connect as easily with the body part itself. So you have to see how it is for you. Bile. It's a straw color from the liver and yellow, brown, or green in the gallbladder. Shape, it's a thick fluid like car oil. Direction above and below the waist. It is stored in the gallbladder and it's bordered by digestive and elimination organs. Bile comes from a secretion of the liver. It's a digestive juice. It has an emulsifying action and it uh, facilitates digestion of fats in the intestines. The human liver can produce close to one liter of bile per day. So perhaps putting your attention in the area around the liver, that's where the gallbladder is, maybe feeling into that. You know, this is not, these practices are not really intended to be visualization practices, but visualization can be an important part if it helps connect you know, deepen the connection and immerse into that body part. So it may be that for this you bring in some visualization aspect. Bile.
Now we'll shift to phlegm. So even when we say these words, you may, it may evoke some feelings. Um, maybe some disgust comes up, maybe nothing much, but just noticing however it is for you. Healthy phlegm, it's normally clear or white, but it can be yellow or greenish or brownish, which is, uh, can be a sign of infection. Greenish or rusty phlegm or phlegm with rusty spots, it can, it can be a sign of uh, pneumonia or some kind of internal bleeding. It's a thick fluid direction above the waist. It's located in the lungs, throat, mouth, and delimitation, lungs, throat, and mouth. Phlegm is a thick, sticky, fluid mucus from the respiratory passages. It's produced by the respiratory system and it's um, mainly expelled through coughing. It's basically just a water-based gel. Perhaps you have, if if you have any congestion or a little mucus, phlegm in your throat or whatever, then that's a place directly accessible. You can put your attention. But all of us have had that experience, so you know the feeling. And even if it's a little bit of a memory, perhaps you can use that to bring into a present moment awareness to help connect into phlegm.
Now uh, let us move to pus. Just notice even when you hear the word pus, uh, may or may not bring up any reactions or feelings. So pus can be uh, yellow. Um, If there's a small amount of bleeding, it could be red. It can have a bluish green color. The shape, if if pus has been walled off by a membrane, it's called an abscess. The direction is above and below the waist. Can be located anywhere in the body. The delimitation, it's bordered by whatever is next to it in the body. Pus is a byproduct of inflammation. It actually it's a, uh, plays a very important uh, role. And uh, it's a liquid. It's rich with protein, white blood cells. So if you have a cut or a scab and, and there is some pus, uh, there's a place directly you can connect with. And if not, um, you may need to, you know, we've all um, have had uh, pus before, so you may just connect back to uh, uh, your, your memory of it and let that bring into, you know, more of a present moment uh, connection or feeling.
move to blood. Blood varies in color from a dark to bright red. It's a thin liquid. It's above and below the waist. And it's found throughout the body and the heart, arteries, veins, capillaries. There's also menstrual blood. Blood consists of 22% solids and 78% liquid. Red blood cells are formed at the rate of 2 million every second. And in one tiny droplet of blood, there are 5 million red blood cells. 300,000 platelets, 10,000 white blood cells. We each have about uh, eight to 10 pints of blood. Every inch of human skin contains 20 feet of blood vessels. The blood absorbs oxygen in the lungs, carries the lung the oxygen throughout the body. It uh, brings carbon dioxide back to the lungs, which, uh, which we breathe out. Blood makes the circuit of the vascular system a complete circuit in about 60 seconds and travels about 60,000 miles per day throughout the body. It's amazing. Your pulse is not your blood, but it could help if you'd like to find your pulse, if that helps more directly connect. But really it's about getting to the blood, the liquid itself. Pulse itself is more of a physical movement. So, you know, only use it if it really helps connect to blood. Or maybe there's just, you can almost feel the sense of the blood moving, coursing through your body. If you've ever had an accident or uh, some kind of trauma and have, you know, maybe lost a lot of blood or has been bloody, you know, in, in this reflection it could, uh, you know, bring up some memories or feelings. So, you know, to notice that if that happens. 
you know. And we want to make the connection, but also really being respectful and, and uh, hold ourselves uh, with care if something does come up for us. to sweat. Sweat's colorless. It's a salty fluid. It's found above and below the waist, located on the outer skin, anywhere in the body, bordered by what's under the skin and space. Sweat comes from glands in the skin pores. It cools the body by evaporation. There's also some waste that is, uh, comes out uh, with, with sweat. Oh, we generally sweat about a liter, but it can change quite a bit, of course, according to physical activity, whether it's warm or cool, humid or, or dry. In very hot conditions, it could be as much as 10 to 15 liters in a day. Sweat can uh, be smelly or not.
Now we'll move to fat. Color is yellow. Direction above and below the waist can be located anywhere in the body. The delimitation is bordered by skin, flesh, and sinews. The most important function of fats, it's a form of stored or potential energy. It also serves as an insulate to insulate us from extreme temperature, especially the cold. You may have felt rather neutral, safe towards something like bile. But many of us have a lot of opinions about uh, how the fat cells arrange themselves in our body. We can have opinions about how fat cells have arranged themselves in other people's bodies. So a lot could come up around uh, this uh, contemplation, this Reflection, investigation in fat, into fat. So feeling into fat in your body. If any feelings come up, you know, we just... Um, acknowledge them. And if you are having some response, it could be an interesting exploration to see uh, if it might be possible to um, connect with this part of your body, connect with fat, without our stories about it. Last night we were talking about how we can create stories and then live out of those stories. So you just have to check and see, you know, might it be possible if there's a story to set it aside, even just for a few moments, and just allow the body to express itself as it is. stored substance storing energy and helping insulate us from cold. Arranged in various ways according to its own causes and conditions.
for the last few minutes of this sitting period. Um, so you may wish to just stay with fat or any other part in the body or any, anything else that's been evoked in you. It can be um, interesting sometimes to um, <clears throat> reflect back when you've gotten to this, this, this stage in a retreat and just take a few moments to remember how it was maybe when you first arrived and maybe what, what it was like for you in the first day or first, first few days. And then, you know, it may or may not have shifted in some ways and to see, uh, but... Um, Certainly, um, it a lot can happen in just a, you know a lot can happen in just a few days. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. So just reflecting on how it is for you, and of course we have a few more days, so a lot more can happen, right? A lot of retreat left. Yeah. Um, we have a few minutes if there are any questions this morning. Yes, please. Um, I was 
was wondering, you know how we always talk about mind and body? Yeah. And we separate them? Usually? Yeah. But um, here they talk about brain, you know, in, in digestive system as part of their mind, right? So do they separate mind and body in this teaching? Um, it, well, it, I would say that, um, that oh yeah, sorry, the question was, um, in, in Buddhist teachings, they separate mind and body, right? Um, so, um, th- th- the teachings are not, uh, addressing the, the issue of what gives rise to the, to the mind, you know, is, and all that, but they're separated in that, it, Think of it this way. What's important in the teachings is to connect experientially, not making ontological or statements about how things are, but it's all in service of uh, uh, f- uh, uh, freeing ourselves from, from patterns that, that create suffering, right? So it's all, it's all in service of that. And so in that sense, yes, we separate it. There's contemplations on body, now, you can't have a contemplation on body without having consciousness and awareness and all the mental functions. So they all go together. So, but the, the way we approach them, those contemplations on the body, and of course all the mind is in there too. There are contemplations on states of the mind. And for some people, their whole practice, it's not so body-centered. It may be just really tending to and bringing mindfulness to what's happening in the, uh, in the mind. And of course that's going to connect you in the body. So... Uh, uh, the models coming from the from the ancient uh, the ancient models of what it is to be a human being, you know, it, it talks about body and all these aspects of mind. So in that way, I guess you could say, in a sense, they're looked at separately, but they're also looked at how they're all integrated together. So from a practice point of view, um, I guess it's a little of both, but um, we're, again, we're not actually trying to make a statement in any way. We're not interested in this tradition about, well, is the mind and body something separate or not and everything. That's more of a philosophical discussion that, yeah. does that make sense or answer? Okay. Yes, please. Um, so what I've been noticing as I practice meditation more is um, pain takes more time. When I'm in pain, it slows down and it lasts forever. Yeah. And joy is always so quick. Yeah. bummer (laughs) and so so the solution has been for me uh, to seek this equanimity thing right because before I think my body was a pleasure seeking device right and I kind of had to give that up because it wasn't going well for me and even if I got the pleasure it didn't last long enough yeah so what to do with the rest of the time? Um, <laughs> so now I seek equanimity. I just wondered if you had anything to say about why does pain take so long? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> but I appreciate what you did say. It's, it's interesting. It can be that way there. Our feeling of time can, and you know, it can shift around a lot of different ways. Yeah, but um, um, 
it may be that pain, um, I don't really know, but it may be that uh, what can happen is if we're, um, uh, if we're, if there's a pleasure and we become kind of engrossed or absorbed in it, you kind of lose track of time in that way because we're just kind of lost in it more. And with pain, well, we can get lost in it in a different way, but we're, we tend not to absorb in it so much and we kind of are standing out separate maybe. And so I don't know, maybe that's something. I don't really know, but I do want to say I appreciate what you said about, in case some of you didn't hear about what you're, where you're trying to aim yourself is not, this is the whole Dharma, right? Is not have our only strategy for finding peace or well-being in getting more pleasure and having less, uh, unple- uh, less unpleasant. It's actually starting to... Uh, Look and how we relate to what's happening, and that's really getting into the equanimity. So I just want to acknowledge that, and the rest I don't know. You know, it's just—it's so funny how our minds—you know—we create so much of our own uh, reality about the passage of times. Example: Here's another example. Have you ever been sitting in meditation, and you know, whatever you're having a tough sit, and it's—it's uh, it's like when's that bell going to ring? You know. And your body's kind of, I'm not going to make it. And then you, all that happens is you hear this. You haven't even moved, and the mind can go, ah. If that ever happens, that's another example of how we just create it. it we, nothing's changed, but you just let go in your mind. And we don't notice how much you know, our, we create in our own minds. Yeah. So anyway. Um, I think a little more time. If... Yes, please. Yeah, but um, Bob, do you want to... I mean, I could say something on it, but I think it'd be good for Bob to answer on that one. you want to say something first? Well, I would say that this idea of choiceless awareness in relationship to... I'll come back in a minute to 32 parts, but in relationship to anything, any way we're practicing mindfulness or just that we're aware of anything, there can be the sense of the more of a choiceless awareness flavor, Right? And there can be a sense, the opposite of more of us bringing our attention and placing our attention onto things. Right? It's a different feeling than more being open, spacious, resting back and receiving experiences or putting our attention and going to things. So that, we can make choices into changing the, that or that change, that feeling can happen on its own. And so I can imagine on its own that that might arise in different ways in the process of, of doing this practice. Uh, so what, what, you know, my answer would be that, that you know, we want to just follow sort of the organicity of how it naturally unfolds, but it certainly seems to be a practice of consciously working through and, and putting our attention in certain ways that has a different feeling to me of a choiceless awareness. Do you want to say something about So I could just comment that there's actually, um, it's actually an, an unusual term. Yes. Yeah, can you all hear me okay? Yeah. There's, there's a, 
kind of an unusual term that describes working with this practice as it evolves and develops. And so after establishing uh, this practice and deepening into it, there's a term that's called successive leaving. And <laughs> what that means, the translation that means, is as you're working with some of the parts, some become much more compelling and interesting. It's like a magnet. It's, you're just really getting deeply interested. And some are, are just not compelling at all. They're not interesting. And so as we begin to develop the practice, the success of leaving, the, the teaching is to leave out those parts that are less compelling and moving into those that are. And so there's liberty to have more freedom to, if I'm understanding the, the way you're using the word choiceless awareness, that you're following what's really prominent and distinct. And so it could be that after a while doing this practice, I mentioned earlier how I was really into teeth for a while. And that brought me into like the elemental nature of the, the salt, the solidity. And so some of these parts as we hone into, they'll begin to reveal the solids, the liquids, the motion that moves into the elements. We'll actually maybe explore part of this tomorrow. But if there's a certain part that seems to be just really calling to you, then to listen to that, to move awareness into it, to feel, allow, acknowledge, honing into that part. Does that speak to what you're... Yeah, I often will go through the whole sequence just to honor the parts that are there. And as I'm going through, there may be something that I'm noticing that's calling me more. And so I might, then I might move more into that part. And who knows where that will take me. It's like Alice in Wonderland dropping in and, you know, who knows? In this fathom-long body. Um. So um, um, today we, we shift uh, to individual interviews. Half of you will have individual interviews from today, the other half tomorrow. Please check on the bulletin board out there. I believe everybody's starting at uh, 10.30 today. Yeah, so that's when they'll start. Um, are there any other announcements? That you can think I don't have any. Nothing. Yeah. Um, so uh, please enjoy your practice, uh, day of practice. Qigong in a few minutes. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.